This is Daisen Shui X, the podcast, episode 94 for the week of September 16th, 2007. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X. The podcast. Damn straight, the one and only podcast in existence on the entire face of the planet. Ever. Ever. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and Chewy X. Damn straight, yet again, you're on top of things. I'm two for two, I'm baby. I'm impressed. We cover anything and... Everything. Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening. And a little bit of... Full frontal nudity. Wow. Well, Dragon Ball does have this. Yes. And you know what? More often than it probably should. For male characters. Yes. What's going on? How you doing? You asking the audience or me? Uh, both. So, audience, how are you doing? <laughs> Fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Unless you said you're doing real shitty, in which case uh, we're going to try to do that whole entertaining thing here and make that go away. That's where the full frontal nudity comes in. It's for that's for the making for people you. feel better. Yeah, you. You with that... Uh, you with the face. <laughs> you with the face. <laughs> There's a couple people out there that have faces. <laughs> uh, so you're Mary. Uh-huh. Let's introduce everyone. You you do the, the trunk site and music videos. You do the little podcast here. and I get around. You do. You could say I get around. With the full frontal nudity? You know, if that's going to be the running gag for tonight, hell yeah, I'm all up in this full frontal nudity. It's pretty hot in here. Yeah, you know, this is awesome that it's audio because I get... I'm here in quote-unquote studio. I get the full effect. Yeah, I'm fully clothed. Yeah, we're, we're uh, leaving sorry. people on, you know. We're, we, we're wearing It's clothes. not as sexy and fantabulous as, you know, our websites lead you to believe. <laughs> Do we lead people to believe such We live fabulous, things? extravagant <laughs> lives with limousines and diamonds. Speaking of limousines and diamonds, Julian, <laughs> how the hell are you doing over there in Japan? Damn it, he's not here again. Ah, such is the case of having a life. Over in Japan. Well, yeah. Well, see, the thing is, he's got all sorts of stuff going on. He just get over there. We'll pretty much just let Julian describe what he's doing right now. We'll get some recording later on and insert it into the show. So I'm going to snap my fingers and Julian's going to be with you. Well, hi there, everyone. This is Julian. I'm reporting in from Japan. Um, so Mike and Mary and I are still trying to find a good hour for us all to record. So in the meantime, I'm just giving you an update from where I am, which is Osaka. So I've been getting settled in and starting up work and, of course, exploring the city. Osaka is big and urban and kind of dirty, but I'm enjoying it. I mean, I was brought up in the middle of the countryside, so any kind of city is inherently interesting to me. In the meantime, though, I'm going to report... A a couple of things of interest. For one thing, there is a jump shop in the seventh floor of Yodobashi Camera Mita, and so that is a store run by none other than Shueisha itself, and the logo is designed by Akira Toriyama, of course. In addition to that, there is lots of jump merchandise. I've seen such sites at the Kijar of the Senzu, quote-unquote, as well as a t-shirt that should make one of the people on the forum very happy, which is a crane school t-shirt. Also, of course, lots of these things that make me happy, too. But uh, in addition to that, I also saw the Evangelion movie. It's, um, well, for those of you who have seen the series, it's basically like the first six episodes or so, but prettier. There's promises of new and weird plot development in the next one, but we'll see what happens in 2008. But anyway, that's what's been going on for me right now. So I'm going to hand it back to Mike and Mary, who I understand recorded earlier in the day. So um, that's Julian signing off. 
And we're back. All sorts of crazy things have happened in the meantime. I've snapped my fingers, and I looked over at Mary, and she's still here. I got shot in the back. Did you? Yeah, you missed it. Are you going to tell me another uh, exciting, uh, what was the phrase I used? International tale of <laughs> intrigue? Or <laughs> intrigue and like mystery that. or something like uh, that. I don't remember what it was. Well, uh, let's finish off. You know, we have Mary. We sort of kind of don't have Julian. That leaves me, Mike, Vegito EX. And we are here to do all sorts of shenanigans this evening with the Dragon Ball Podcast. We are off to Atlanta next week for AWA. Next Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, so- Thursday, Thursday through Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I asked actually don't know what we'll do for an episode next week. I don't know if we'll record something early and I'll put it up Sunday night or the last thing we're going to want to do Sunday night is record a podcast episode. Correct. So we'll Even probably though- record something early and then put it up. Yeah. We're going to be getting back at a halfway decent time on Sunday, so you could put up something that's pre-edited. I know you're taking Wednesday off. Yeah, exactly. So we might have to do another episode on Tuesday. Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday. Maybe we'll do something like that. So I guess we'll do the quickest recap of what's going on at AWA, because we've been mentioning it. Right, right. And, you know, it doesn't apply to most people, so I doubt they care. Let's just breeze through this. All right. Friday, we have an AMV panel over in the VAT, the video art track, where we have an hour essentially to entertain the audience. We show things that uh, we've made, new things that we've made, old things that we've made, things that inspire us to do videos. Mary is going to be you and myself, and Jeff's actually going to hop up there with us and show some stuff and have some discussions with us. So that will be fun. Saturday, there's a potential podcast thing going on. I don't really know the full details, so I guess pay attention at the con. Anime World Order may be putting um, some kind of showcase on involving uh, podcasts and other podcast creators and fans. I really don't know what's going on, but uh, check that out regardless. Saturday afternoonish, early Iron evening. Iron Edit War. I was going to say the AMV Awards. Oh, yeah, AMV Awards, and I got three nominations. Well, you know, it's just a fun event anyway. Oh, yeah. Because there's three contests there. There's the Expo Contest, which is Send Everything. You know what? I actually really like the Expo Contest as the years go on because you don't know what you're going to see. Exactly. And then there's the Pro Contest, which is the Peer Judge Contest, which is editors send in their videos they're all blind entries everyone gets back all the videos and then we all kind of like secretly nominate and vote videos so you have three nominations right and they pro. just released the list of who made what so I can say I made a Paradise Kiss video to a song by the band Isley and it's up for best drama best romance and best technical cool I actually made a video for pro too and yes. didn't get jack shit <laughs> yeah it was a fun death well fun dark fun dark comedy death note video it, it's a drama it's a comedy whatever you want to call it we'll show it at our panel. Yeah, we'll show it at the panel. It'll be up afterwards. And I actually made a trailer, which I sent to Expo, and we'll be showing that at the panel, too. And you might finish a video in time for the panel. Right. A new video. Yeah, new video to a very popular show right now. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> We're kind of going back and forth between Friday and Saturday now. So so we'll go to Saturday night now, and that's Iron Editor. That's the, if you've seen Iron Chef, same concept. Two hours, make a video. Uh, it's going to be Mary and myself versus J-Bone. Uh, we have a bunch of sources, one of which is DBZ Movie 12. There's also the first Naruto movie and some other stuff in there. And all the time while we're making videos, they're showing videos, having game shows, giving away prizes. prizes. Actually, um, halfway decent prizes. Um, AWA is probably where they do it up the biggest, I'd actually, say. We keep forgetting to mention that they have quote-unquote celebrity guest judges. Right, last year, we because we were the current champions, but we weren't participating in Iron Editor that year, we got to be on the judges panel with, um, who was it, Monica Real and Dave Williams, was yeah, it? Yeah, the ADV guy. A- whoever it is from ADV. And in addition, to having those big name people up there not counting us we're just nobodies they have a pretty nice prizes like they give out dvd box sets and stuff so yeah. if if you know your shows and can participate in like game shows and stuff 
Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. If you are an anime fan and you go to AWA and you actually know a variety of shows, like, not to be derogatory here, but if you know more than what's on Cartoon Network, for the love of God, please try and get in on these game shows. Yeah, it's really tough when, you know, you're either being on this judges panel or you're doing Iron Editor. And plus, people know us, like, our friends that run the show know us so that they can't pick on us to do these game shows. I would love to participate in these game shows because I'm the kind of person where, like, I might not necessarily have watched the anime, but for some reason i'll know i'll recognize it and say oh i think that's not such and such show i haven't seen it but i think that's what it is and i'd be able to make do on a game show so i'm kind of sad i can't participate you and i were listening to an episode of geek nights we were going to otakon i actually think it was and they made a comment they were leading up to something and before they said it you said the exact same thing i believe the gist of it was anime fans don't seem to actually know any anime right it's sad but true right but whatever people like what they like so usually what they do is they'll play an AMV with maybe like 50 or 60 or 70 sources and they'll kind of go back and forth and you try to name as many shows as you can. Whoever can't do it first is out and the other person's the winner. So there's fun games like that. And like you said, DVD box sets, um, you know, limited edition figures, all sorts of swag. So that's really fun. And then they'll play the two Iron Editor videos blind. You don't know who made them. The judges go off and deliberate and pick a winner. They come back, they play them. It's just fun times. That's Iron Editor. That's Saturday night at the con. Sunday we go home. That's AWA in the nutshell. Very fun times. Two weeks after that, we're doing Manga Next back up here in New Jersey. We're going up for just the Saturday. We're doing two panels, Manga in AMVs, and then Dragon Ball Manga A History. I just got a package from Julian, actually probably Julian's parents today. I got the uh, the larger size graphic novels from Viz as an example. Back when they were censoring it, then they weren't censoring it. They were kind of flip-flopping back and forth. This is one of the things I didn't have. It's the uncensored larger size graphic novels. So we're going to have a wide variety of things from Japan and from the U.S., all the different ways that the manga has been released. Jeff's going to come with us. He's going to record the panel there as a podcast episode. We'll put that out. So that's something to look forward to in the coming weeks. Is that it for, like, that's it for cons this year, completely. Yes. Unless someone ropes us into going, like, to AUSA or something, which I doubt. I don't don't think I have the time off from work at this point. I spend it all on Atlanta. When I start my new job, I will not have been uh, officially accruing time, so I can't do any time off. I think that's pretty much going to wrap up the, the whole housekeeping thing here. Housekeeping! I would say look for me on XBLA right now, well, just Xbox Live in general, but the next week you're not going to see me anywhere, because I'm going to be prepping for cons and stuff. Unless I go on is your name. Uh, Actually, uh, I think uh, the end of, it'll be after AWA. They're doing uh, a weekend of free gold. Hmm. So you and I actually be able to play against people together. All right. For a weekend. So that'll be kind of cool. But that is the housekeeping general stuffage for this week. Let's take it on over to the news. We got two bits of news, and it's video game related, and it's both the same game. <laughs> Surprise! You get <laughs> video game news. So IGN actually has a couple updates over on their site. The first thing was that uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 3 blog. Stop pronouncing it that way, because people are going to think that's how you actually say it. <laughs> no, I'm I starting act- to think that's how you actually say it, and I know that's not right. No, no. In general conversation, I actually call it Sparking Meteor, because I buy the Japanese versions, and that's how I first know the game. I call it that specifically to differ differentiate between the Japanese and American release. But yes, the game actually should be pronounced. Mary, I was telling you this earlier. I actually listened to our first seven podcast episodes today. And I think it was episode two or something that we covered how to pronounce this. Mm -hmm. It's Ten Ka Ichi Budo. K. 
Tenkai. That's how it's supposed to be. And so they reverse the two words. You should still be pronouncing it Budokai Tenkaichi, not Budikai. Right. Again, that's the whole Atari been saying it wrong for the last six years now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But regardless, so we're talking about the American version here. Uh, Donnie Clay, who I describe as producer something or other for Atari. <laughs> One of those guys, you know, he probably, you know, works there. They give him a made up title and, you right. know, they send him off and exactly. do PR like stuff. Associate producer of games content. Associate like producer of awesome. <laughs> that's what I want to be when I grow up. He's basically like the publicity figurehead for the Dragon Ball Z games. He's got this quote unquote blog over at IG. He's only made two updates so far. He did it one more time. And this time he was talking about the greatest hits in DBZ. When I first read it, the actual title for the blog entry was Greatest Hits. So I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? They're releasing this game direct to Greatest Hits? It's not what he's talking about. He's talking about what his particular greatest hits, like punches to each other in the show were. Just kind of, you know, get talking, talk about the game a little bit, talk about the series a little bit. So it's really nothing significant. But I like that at least um, Atari and IGN kind of working together getting some press for the game over there because believe it or not these games actually get some pretty decent reviews from critics and stuff despite being an anime game right and dragon ball z game right so does atari actually make other games or is pretty much dragon ball z their uh their cash cow yeah atari actually does make a whole bunch of games like roller coaster tycoon i'm looking at their homepage right now they've actually got some download games on their site now they seem to be doing this i don't know how much you know about computer games mary have you heard of steam not the fan parody <laughs> you really confused me just then um no i haven't <laughs> valve and steam it's like a download service mostly first person shooters but they have a ton of other stuff too it's like this service for downloading games without actually going to, out to the store and buying them i i really don't know myself i don't play PC games, but it looks like Atari's doing this kind of download game thing off of their site as well. So they have that, and they have a bunch of other games, but DBZ really is their biggest cash cow, it would seem. They have um, the third Budokai Tenkaichi game over on the left, uh, Shin Budokai Another Road, but there's some other stuff here. There's uh, 911 First Responders. That's a PC game. It looks like there's a lot of PC stuff here. Okay. So it's like DBZ and PC games. Gotcha. So that's that blog entry. Also over on IGN, they updated with another video diary for the third game. Have you watch this yet, Mary? I have no interest. I'm sorry. I don't care about these video games anymore. So this video, it's uh, not really an interview. It's like they, it's that thing where they put up a question in text and then a person responds as if they were answering, you know, Mm -hmm. someone asked them that question. So it's Tsuyoshi Hirana, who's the game planner at Spike, and then Eddie Nagura with production selection over at Bandai Namco. So kind of two people that are sort of involved in the game. And it's really generic, basic stuff. The whole point of it is just to still continue to sell you a product, right? Exactly. Just put out a couple like two or three minute video every once in a while. I think one of the questions, it was either this video or the prior video, was something like, so can you tell us about the new game mode like disc fusion system? And the response was literally this three second thing. Yes, there is a new mode called disc fusion system. And then the video abruptly ends. Uh, that's <laughs> like, informative. The answers are so Japanese. Yes. Like the humble, yes, yes, we are, do- we are indeed doing this and we are very excited and we hope you like it. Like, they don't actually answer the questions. Yeah, they don't tell you what it is or no. how it works or anything. They're not with the whole American marketing thing. So that's the uh, the news for the week. It's video game related. Weak, man, weak. <laughs> we are going to take it on over to the topic for the week now. Which is not weak. Mary, why don't you introduce what our topic is going to be? 
All right. This is going to be something that we wanted to do for a couple weeks now. It's uh, referring to a bit of content that is very much Dragon Ball focused in the latest issue of Shonen Jump in the U.S. from October 2007. There is, quite interestingly enough, a translation of Nekomajin Z. What they failed to mention is that this is actually Chapter 5 of the Nekomajin Z series. They just simply label it as Nekomajin Z. Right. But it is indeed the last chapter. And in addition to this, they have... Uh, what they called Dragon Ball Collector as well. Now, what would you describe Dragon Ball Collector as? Is it like a Daisenshu kind it's of thing? A very condensed wannabe Daisenshu. It's um, I think it's a way of keeping Dragon Ball Z in the public eye. Yeah. Like, oh, here's a lot of tidbits. Here's a lot of factoids. Here's a bunch of like top insert number here lists. Right. I think it's very cute, and I know it does have a lot of facts. At the same time, it is a marketing machine. They do a bit of plugging for video games. A lot of plugging for the uh, the new remastered, quasi-remastered box sets. <laughs> I know that's what you like to call it now. Right. Um, Actually, I think faux-remastered is my faux. thing. I'm sorry. Faux-remastered box sets. I kind of switch around with what I want to call them. Well, we'll get to Dragon Ball Collector. Really, Nekomajin is kind of like the prelude to that section. Right. So let's take care of that first, and then we'll talk about Dragon Ball Collector, because we kind of have a lot to say about that. So yes, Nekomajin appeared out of nowhere in this issue. And we didn't even know it was licensed, as far as we knew. Right. I think Viz has mentioned... In in the past in Shonen Jump. Oh, Toriyama did this thing called Nekomajin. Like, that's it. No mention of anything. So, a single chapter appears out of nowhere in here. That's pretty interesting. Mary, like you said, it's actually Nekomajin Z5. Now, we should say there are eight chapters of the total Nekomajin. There's Nekomajin 1, Nekomajin 2, Nekomajin Mike, and then five chapters of something called Nekomajin Z. And that's really the most popular one, specifically about a specific Nekomajin named Z. It more or less takes place in the direct Dragon World, where, like, Dragon Ball characters interact with them, and there's cameos and appearances and all that. So this is the last chapter out of everything total. Mm-hmm. Quite bizarre. And, and they're quite aware of it, because they removed the number five from the title page. <laughs> right. The title page in Japanese says Nekomajin in katakana, Z5. And here they took out the katakana, obviously. They don't write the title in English. It just says Nekomajin Z. No 5. No 5. So you're kind of left wondering Do they have the rest of this? Where does this fit in? Does this start off the story? Because normally they do, you know, previews of manga. They they put in the first chapter, first two chapters or something. So this is kind of weird that they start with the fifth. Do you think it's because Goku is in it? Oh god, yeah. And then everyone else at the end? Yeah, there's a cameo by a whole bunch of characters. I can only hope that they just release this as like a one-shot later on. I have to imagine they will. Because they have this, obviously. I mean, they printed this. They have to have the rest. Right. And people are going to buy it, I think. Oh, definitely. I really think they kind of missed the ball a little bit, but as they are going to start putting out those, like, three-in-one volumes, so maybe they're going to try and reinvigorate the series a little bit. Maybe that's what they're trying to do with this Dragon Ball Collector thing. Yeah. It's like a prelude to the uh, three-in-ones. So if they're going to bring that out, okay, I can see them finally bringing out Nekomajin along with those kind of thing. So we're going to talk about this uh, treatment of the, uh, the story as compared to Mr. Julian's yes. translation. We should say that Julian, who is pretty awesome, as these were coming out in Japan, we actually translate. Well, Julian did the translation. He actually did most of the art um, touch up and everything. We put up for download three, four, and five of Nekomajin Z. We treat them just like fan subs. Well, I should say how fan subs used to be treated, where once something is licensed and released, you take it down and stop distributing it. Once we heard about this, we took down our translation of five. So right now we still have three and four. If and when Viz announces anything about releasing those or, you know, confirming that they have everything indeed, we'll take those down as well. So Julian has translated five. Obviously, I have his translation. Him and I both own the, um, like the Kanzenban type release of it. It was released over in Japan. Yeah, it's basically like a one-shot um, right. 
volume graphic novel. Same size as the content bond, you know, with the nice paper and the color um, title pages and all that. So, you know, obviously I compared Viz's translation with Julian's translation. And we put a lot of stock into the way Julian translates. I mean, he's got the training, he, he's got the experience over there, but he knows how these characters are supposed to act. Right. You know, I kind of compare him now almost to Steve Simmons, where you've been into that series for you're so a fan. long. You know how these characters, like you're in their heads, you know what they would say kind of thing. And there's a lot of things where maybe it's one word off kind of thing. That's to be expected. But there are a couple things in here where I'm like, you know what? I kind of go with the Julian thing. Mary, you described it to me as a very straight translation. Right, we're talking about Viz's here. It's yeah, very, yeah. it's very, it reminds me of me actually in college when I was trying to translate yeah. Dojinchis and I personally was translating extremely literally. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really big into, um, you know, doing a perfect job of trying to capture, you know, people's inflections and how they talk. I was just doing it for fun because I wanted to learn how to like read and write a little better. Right. But I knew from the get-go that, wow, I'm really trying to translate this literally because I don't, I can't be creative with this. It's just not my thing. Right. So that's how I kind of thought of this Viz translation. It's very straight. It doesn't capture any of Goku's um, hick accent. I think that's a big thing. And someone on our forum actually mentioned this, where they're comparing the Viz translation and Julian's translation. And in Julian's translation, you can hear Masako Nozawa speaking. Because, you know, she does that thing with her accent. We've talked about this in the past. Goku and his Tohoku accent and just the way that words change and syllables kind of change here and there. So you hear that in Julian's translation. Whereas over here in the Viz version, it's just... As, as I would say, Goku, he sounds like a guy. He's just, just like a another guy. guy. He sounds way too normal, way too, I don't want to say articulate or well-spoken, but I can't come up with a better word. Like, Goku shouldn't be making such coherent sentences. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds too dramatic, as does Z, to an extent. Like, they're kind of forgetting it's a comedy manga. Right. On uh, the third actual page, over in Julian's translation, Goku says, Dang it, I could have sworn it was around here, but... And then over in the visit says, Hmm, he must be around here somewhere. You know, we got that coulda and could have sworn, you know, and just dang it. <laughs> that dang it, that style of speaking that Goku would use, that kind of country bumpkin hick, those words. Whereas in the Viz, it's just, it's not wrong. Oh no, it, it is, you know, that's what's going on. But those little cosmetic changes here and there are really kind of lost. I mean, I'm not going to fault them for having an inaccurate translation because it is accurate. Right, with the exception right. of one thing at the end, which we'll talk about, but it, it loses some of the flavor of just the characters. Mary, you mentioned even Z sounds somewhat eloquent. Mm-hmm. In the Viz translation. And Z's supposed to be a stupid cat. Right, exactly. This is after he turns, quote-unquote, Super Nekomajin. Over in Julian's translation, he writes, It's hard to explain, but this is Super Nekomajin. Whereas over in the Viz version, he says, Your eyes do not fail you. I'm now Super Nekomajin. I wonder if they said that to be overdramatic and therefore funny. Right, like, I can't tell, though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's all, you know, pretty accurate in terms of story stuff. I can't fault them for that, but... Right, Again, I feel like a little care could have been put into just, um, individualized characters. Everyone just seems like the straight man. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the one actual thing that wasn't changed, but totally glossed over. Now, believe it or not, there's a cultural reference in the very last panel of Nekomajin Z5. So over in Julian's translation, uh, Shonen, he doesn't have a name, Shonen, young boy, mm-hmm. he, him. <laughs> He's on top of Z, who, and they're flying off. This is right, I don't, I guess I don't want to ruin the, the punchline of the manga, but after Goku shows the enemy, I guess, if you know what I'm 
talking about. They're flying off and Shonen says, that was a Showa-era punchline. Now, obviously, typical American fan is not going to know what that means. So Julian made a little liner note. He's really good about this kind of stuff. His translation said, the reign of Emperor Hirohito, 1926-1989. Toriyama, born in 1955, is making fun of both his tired joke and his own age. So he's doing that like, ah, oh, I'm old. And that was such a lame joke kind of thing. Uh-huh. But with a cultural reference, can you think of any kind of equivalent that we might use with something like that? Like if we were to make a joke about maybe like Nixon? Or like just using really outdated slang from like the 80s. Like daddy-o kind of thing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can't that's th- earlier I, than the 80s. Yeah, but. yeah. I can't think of uh, a joke per se that's like dated. But you, you know that kind of thing. You probably, if you think, and about pretty it much long any enough. kind of joke that dates you, right, is kind of there I think what go. he's getting right. at. And then so over in the Viz translation, they just totally gloss over it. No liner notes or anything. They're right. Uh, as far as plot twists go, that last one was downright pathetic, which is an accurate translation of the mood I of guess? the meaning of what Toriyama wrote. Right, there. like Toriyama is making fun of himself. Like, wow, that was kind of a, a lame joke. And Viz, right. you know, they they pretty much flat out say that, but they just take away the cultural reference. Right, and again. It's correct, but there's something lost right. there. And can we fault them for that? I mean, again, what average American fan is going to know what the Showa area is? Exactly. I, I don't remember that either. But it's our job to tell you. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't think we're trying to be critical, like, oh, my God, it's Viz. We have to hate everything they do. No, no, no. we're just trying to describe the differences. There's something it's interesting. really <laughs> interesting there. And, you know, they just throw it out. They, no liner notes, that kind of thing. Maybe that's something, hopefully, you know, they probably won't do this. But if it were to come out as a one-shot graphic novel, maybe they could make a note of something like that. Right. That would be interesting. I know other... Um, um, companies like Delray and uh, I think KDV's manga line, they do have like liner notes in the back. It's been a while since I've right. got anything Viz, like I, you know, Death Note's over now, so I'm not reading that. We should Hot also day. say that Viz, they don't translate or do liner notes for the sound effects. They actually redraw the sound effects on the panel. That actually looks pretty hard. Yeah, uh, it must be extremely difficult. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about this interview with Toriyama that actually starts off the Nekomajin chapter. Did you read this, Mary? I forgot to, I'm sorry. Oh. Okay. Well, Julian and I mentioned it last week. There's a question here that says, Is the appearance of Majin Buu inspired by the Arabian-style Majin, or quote-unquote genie? His clothes seem to have a sort of Arabian fairy tale style. Or were you thinking of a different kind of Majin? And we were saying, like, that kind of question, the way it's phrased... It's a loaded question. It really forces him to say, well, yeah, that's, that's what I was going for. His answer is, right, I saw the Arabian Nights when I was a kid, so I have this set image of what a Majin or genie should look like. So that's how I came to put him in that costume. Now, the whole deal here is that Majin, the Ma is the same as in uh, like evil? Piccolo Daimao. Like the bad, demon. evil. But it also has this connotation of magic. So you've got this like duality of the demon and the magic, and then the gene, which is just like in Saiyajin, it's person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used to denote like your race, your nationality, that kind of thing. Like Nihon Jin. Right, exactly. America Jin. <laughs> like American, it's like the, the equivalent of AN. Right. Like, American. Right. Canadian. Now, there's also this long debate of whether or not the M actually stands for Majin, or could it refer to something like Madoshi, which is like a warlock kind mm-hmm. of thing, like a magician kind yeah, of thing. wizard. Right. So there's all sorts of different... What does the M stand for? Mary, I know you take the stand that, yeah, the, the M is Majin. His name is Majin Buu. That's what he's supposed to be called. Majin Vegeta. Majin well, Majin is interesting. We actually talked about this in the past, too. In the manga itself, he's not called Majin Vegeta. 
Hmm. That seems to be a retroactive name that was applied to him that even the official sources have picked up on in news. Like in the video games nowadays, he's called Majin Vegeta. Interesting. Right. I keep meaning, actually, I went to look back in Curtis Hoffman's things to see if he was responsible for that as well. <laughs> but I don't think it was. You no, know, he did the whole Kushami thing. He did the whole Ultra Super Saiyan thing. It's like, oh, he's probably responsible for Majin Vegeta too. But that's just like a natural, well, yeah, that's what we should call him. It's Majin, yeah, Majin Vegeta. He's got the M. Yeah, no problem. The whole deal here is that it's Nekomajin. It's not Z, the gene cat, you know? Like they did that gene, Boo, the gene, you know? So whatever. We just wanted to note that. It seemed like they kind of forced him into a corner there to answer. There's a couple other generic questions. Do you like dragons? Well, wait, I'm, I'm confused. What are they trying to get him to say? I mean, it's blatant that, you know, he looks like it a genie. It seems like by asking him the question in that way, they're trying to justify why they would choose to say Jin versus Majin Buu. Ah, okay. You know? Okay. I mean, they don't mention Majin Buu, do they? Well, they say, is the appearance of Majin Buu inspired oh, okay, by I'm the sorry. Arabian style? I thought, okay, never mind. And there's some questions about his cat and, you know, Dragon Ball, Dragon Quest, Blue Dragon. Do you like dragons? Uh, yeah, of course he does. So I think that's really going to wrap up the introduction to Dragon Ball Collector. Let's get into the actual content of Dragon Ball Collector. We'll go through it section by section. First, I want to start off by saying, obviously, Mary, you and I and Julian and probably a lot of people on our forum, we are not the target audience for this whatsoever. You know what? I still enjoyed it. Well, yeah, exactly. Because I actually, you know, I either, one, forgot a lot of stuff or two, <laughs> like, it was genuine facts that I didn't know about before. I mean, a lot of the stuff is like, like this, uh, you know, character relationship chart for like fusions and stuff. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. but there was some uh, little funny things here and there. Well, I, I don't know. It's very kidified kind of humor. Well, that's why I wanted to say like the way things are phrased, like, like stuff about, like, about doing your homework at school or in bullies yeah, or something it, like that. Exactly. Like, hmm, not, not meant for 26 year old woman. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So with that in mind, you know, take, that's our viewpoint analyzing this. We know we're not the target audience, but there's still some stuff of interest and it's pretty important coming from Viz. We're going to take a look at it. First thing, it just starts off Balls of Fury, kind of like a background on Dragon Ball, what came before it, based on Journey to the West, which, you know, we know about this kind of stuff. I really like the intro. You do. I think I mentioned this to you the other day where I was very happy to see, you know, a quote-unquote authoritative source like Viz saying like, why is Dragon Ball Z so great? Why don't you read this? Because I think it's worth reading. Because it's stuff that we say all the time on the podcast and to hear this from like, you know, I guess... An industry source for like a better phrase. Legally responsible for. It's like yeah, this is why Dragon Ball is great. And here's the the box that's on at page three seventy six. Why is Dragon Ball so great? Isn't it just a bunch of guys with yellow hair shouting while power zaps around them? Dragon Ball is great because it's perfected the recipe of adding fantasy and humor to fighting manga. It's great because Toriyama's art style has a breezy personal touch, and his fight scenes are full of energy. It's great because the battles are intense, and the bad guys can blow up a city just by flexing their biceps. So yeah, so I love it too. And mostly, and I do touch upon this later because characters grow up. And I think in one of their boxes, they say something like Dragon Ball is one of the few shonen manga in which, you know, characters grow up. They have kids. They have grandkids. That's something I always say. You can grow up with these characters. He's a child. He has grandchildren by the end. So that's kind of the little introduction section. The next thing is about fusion. Did you notice the major error in here? Yeah. And what was it? They say the the fusion dance is Namekian, which yeah. um, is news to me. <laughs> the fusion dance. Another Namekian special technique, but this one can be performed by anyone, blah, 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 blah. They mentioned the Namekian assimilation, the, the earrings, the absorption, which Cell uses, and then the 
fusion dance. Other than that, everything on here is, you know, completely accurate. And then down- rot. <laughs> okay, except, well, again, that's debatable. Down below, they have a nice chart of, you know, this character plus this character crossing arrows comes out to this person. And it's actually really hard to organize if you think about it. And the fact that they managed to get it all on half a page, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, props to whoever made that. So the next thing we get on to is Martial Arts Secrets. This was pretty silly. <laughs> it was just like goofy stuff that this they kind is of just reference. Fluff, as I oh, see yeah, it. Oh yeah, like we're gonna fluff. write a page to appeal to that twelve-year-old fan and be like, yeah, Dragon Ball's got dip Yeah, you know? it's no actual facts or anything. It's just like oh, silly things. From like the number show. one, swim with sharks. No, we don't mean figuratively. Dinosaurs, giant crocodiles, and saber-toothed tigers also make excellent training partners. And they do. Come on, saber-toothed tiger, best cameo appearance. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of stuff. Climb an incredibly tall tower. You know, that's timely for what we just read. Weighted clothing, room of spirit and time. Nothing, again, I just call it fluff. Whatever, just a random page in there. The next thing is Budokai 101, the expert's guide to the Dragon Ball tournaments. This I thought was cool because um, one of the tournaments I don't think I've actually watched and or read all the way through, so I learned something new by reading one of these boxes. Oh, really? It might have even been like a spoiler, I don't know, but I thought it was just a nice overview, a recap of every single tournament in the series. It's kind of interesting that they do count like the cell games right no you've seen all these oh yeah but not one of them you all the way through you haven't read the 22nd budokai yeah. but we watched it okay. so it, this is actually very similar to things that might appear in the daizenshu where it gives a brief overview of that specific event which volumes it was in a couple screenshots and this game well scans kind of thing what are the rules to the tournament who won just that kind of good stuff i really like it pretty cut and dry key matchups you know what were some of the fun fights in there anything else really of interest in here it's just a nice little informational section. The next thing is 21 things every human should know about Dragon Ball. This I thought was another cute thing. Right. It, was this a, is, it wasn't quite fluff. I was going to say that it's kind of in between fluff and like genuine information because a neat one here is in Japan, Trunks was so popular that they named a soft drink after him. I love this one because it reminded me I do have an image of this on my site. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, Trunks Cola. So I had to run over to the, to the computer and find my, uh, my little, I think it's called um, Weird Trunks Products or something like that. And sure enough, near the very end of the page. It was one of the first things I put up for this section back when I created it. And Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, a soda can with chibi trunks on it. Nice. And I got it, you know, from a from a user of the site. It wasn't like me doing good research or anything. Other stuff in this section, kind of diving into the fluff. It's a science fiction mug with aliens and spaceships. Woohoo! Yes. Uh, yes, it is. It's got superheroes. Picture a great Cyaman. You know, that kind of stuff. I, I think even if I was at that younger age, I would be going, yeah, yes. I know. Can I get some real information? Yeah. The next thing over here is talk a good fight. How to say it like you mean it. Some of this I thought was pretty funny because it I was actually like, like this. I was like, like, oh, you know, it's true. The stupid stuff. Yeah, they do actually say that. And that's kind of lame. Like, that's the kind of thing where as Dragon Ball fans, we're so comfortable in our fandom, we can make fun of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like this is kind of doing that at the same time. Uh, first thing is, you shall die in, insert number here, seconds. And what I liked about this is they actually explained how it's actually said in Japanese, where in literal Japanese, it's usually, I'll stop your breathing breathing in insert number here seconds like that's another one of those it's very literal and you kind of have to change it to adapt it to the english language 
So I thought that was neat that they described it. And there's the show me your true power and freezes. I'm only using blank of my power. <laughs> right. Blank percentage of my power. So that's pretty interesting stuff there. And it wasn't supposed to end this way. The next page is our guide to DBZ hairstyles. This one's another piece of fluff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's bald all right. Thank you. Super spiky hair. Gohan, the son of Goku, made it all the way to level two. Way to go. There's a bit of wrong information on this thing. Is there? Yeah. What did you say? I thought it was weird to say, right, it's he's the weakest saying. To me, like, the weakest ever? Like, no? Or the weakest of what we see in the show? I remember what I noticed about this page. And there's the thing where it says, uh, it's either Trunks or Vegeta, I forget who, they say something about level two. And do do we actually see No, any of that's those? not what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, never mind. It's a page full of dub names. Oh. We've got Fryza, we've got Vegito. Viz uses Vegerot. All of a sudden they're spelling it Vegito? We have to imagine that maybe they're outsourcing this page because why all of a sudden are they using anime pictures? Other things, oh, that's true as well. Boo with two U's, they spell it with two, two O's. O's. We've got TN. They wow, so someone really on. fell asleep on the quality control uh, right. meeting there. I said Fryza. We've got Master Roshi. They all Always use Kami Sending or uh, Muten Roshi. Roshi. Uh, so again, what do you think? You think someone else? They had someone else. Someone do else this did this because graphically it's different from the rest. Obviously, spelling wise. Oh, we haven't. The naming that conventions at are all. all. The rest of this section is pretty much exclusively Kanzenban artwork. Yes. We've got uh, you know all the nice artwork from the covers and even some of the back covers of the Kanzenban. If you like this artwork, we have scans of all of that over on Taizenshi X. Check out the images section in the covers. Plug plug. So this page. Yeah, this page is- kind of stands out like a sore thumb in yeah. terms of its inconsistencies, the images it uses, and... <laughs> I don't know. The it's little a- splash circle thing here. Because you didn't ask for that it. That I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah that, That's I, kind I of really my didn't. kind of humor. <laughs> so then we get into the... Advertisements. Yeah, uh, as I like to call it, propaganda. It should have like a little text, paid advertisement. Adver- you know, like they have in magazines <laughs> like where it looks like a newspaper thing, but it says advertisement. <laughs> exactly. So it's propaganda for the remastered box sets. And oh my God, people tore them a new one. They're using that Kaiosama and Gregory image that Funimation first put up when they first announced this whole widescreen bullshit. That people have pretty much um, dissected. Completely debunked. as complete falsification. Well, it's, it kind of gives me false hope, this article, because Viz says, so, how do you take a show that was, you know, meant for standard size TV and turn it into letterbox. <laughs> let me, well, let me we asked. Ahead, let me go ahead and just read that. Sure. Not only are the box sets a good deal, they are remastered in high definition and letterboxed. The obvious question would be how can you letterbox something that was made to be shown on regular television in the first place? We asked. According to Funimation, when the show was first broadcast on TV, all four sides were cropped to avoid showing the edges of the actual frames, as they are often damaged or imperfect. A total of 10% is taken off the image in total by a process called Overscan. What Funimation has done is restore as much of the image as possible by doing away with the right and left cropping and making it letterboxed. Some of this is factual. Into this. This is just nonsense. I mean, don't get us wrong. Some of this is true. I mean, there is such a thing called overscanning. There is, you know, that percentage that Again, goes around the standard Everything they screen. say in here is absolutely 100% true and accurate. Except it's just when com- you get to a point. <laughs> completely misleading and written in a way that, like, I read this and thought, this has to be paid propaganda. It, it's What's just, the part uh, that they're not they're not telling you? Of course there's overscan. There's been overscan since TVs were developed. This is nothing new. That's not a reason to letterbox a show. But still, I mean, how are they distorting the image? Like, what are they not telling you? They're not telling you that they're actually removing the top and bottom of the screen. Yeah, they letterboxed it. 
Yeah, the what letterboxing means is they put black bars over where there is image. Even though the they had the this extra footage on all the sides. <laughs> we don't I really don't want to get into this whole thing again. We did an episode about it. I know we're sick of talking about it. People are sick of hearing about it. If you don't know what's going on, check out episode sixty five of the podcast. So we'll move on to some other things in here. More they, propaganda. More propaganda. They plug the upcoming Blu ray release of the Broly movie eight and ten. Why thing. I say why. Whatever. Really interesting little column. Where are they now? I did not understand this at all. I have no idea what they're talking about. So they're talking about Funimation dub voice actors. Again, hmm, Viz, what do they really care? You know, when they started off, do you remember when Shonen Jump came out? And they're like, we're even using the original Japanese names in Yu-Gi-Oh! We are so awesome! Yeah. And then came the Hercule shit and all that. So what do they care about Funimation voice actors? It says, Sean Shevel, Goku, 14 episodes, 1996 to 2002. Wait, what? Okay. Sean Schemmel, okay, that's his name. Yes. They got that right. Goku, yes. Goku, yes. 14 episodes? What does that mean? That, and it, it's like that for every single actor that they have listed on this sheet. It's about yeah, 14, straight, 15 trillion, episodes. 14 episodes. What, what, 1996? N- no. Funimation began dubbing DBZ in 1996 with the Ocean cast. Schemmel didn't come on the scene until 99. No one from Funimation did. I, I don't understand this column. This whole column, I'm, I'm dying to know, like, what someone was on when and they wrote this. This isn't like Vegito EX and Merry Mad. This is we are genuinely confused. Like, what do they mean 14 episodes? I mean, Goku's in every episode, except <laughs> for like when he's got like a heart attack or something. And even then, he's at least sleeping, you see. Yeah. What does this mean? Like, Raditz, seven episodes? That's almost right. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. If anyone knows what they're talking about here, please let us know. Because maybe we're just stupid. Yeah, I mean, aside from the episode count, uh, the dates are wrong, too. I mean, that, oh, that much we can, Like, know. to 2002. So, no one has done any DBZ work since 2002? Those video games are figments of my <laughs> imagination. All right, let's go on. Making history, the saga of DBZ video games in a nutshell. This was pretty um, neat, except I didn't like their um their list of coolest games of all time it was just games like from the last three years it's just it like what, what games exist yeah those are the coolest okay all in all it's a pretty decent guide to all the games that have come out in north america they even mentioned things like what came out on the gamecube all the game boy advanced games game boy color if you notice at the bottom of the list it says source gamefacts.com mary did you notice a game that they forgot to put on here i didn't read that list in detail oh, did didn't? they miss final bout yeah. Oh my god. You know how I think they missed it? SourceGameFacts.com. What I think they did is they ran a search for Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Z. Yeah, because I was looking through this and I don't recall seeing any, any write-up or screen caps from uh, Final Bout. Nope. And uh, what was funny about that bar on the side where it has a list of games, it says, count how many games you have. I bet you don't have them all. You haven't been in our apartment and you didn't see the big box of eBay stuff Mike won last year. Holy crap. They even mentioned the Pladia. And I'm like, yes, I have all this stuff. You know what? Sometimes your collector tendencies scare me, but in this instance, I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Mike has almost all the Dragon Ball games. Cool. Well, you know, counting the various systems that the Budokai games came out on, like I don't have the GameCube versions because I have them on PS2. I think the only one I'm missing, I'm missing the first Legacy of Goku and I'm missing um, the first Supersonic Warriors on GBA. I think that's it for American games. So I'll have to get those eventually. But anyways, let's talk about their little section here. And PSP. Well, I got the first in Budokai because I got an EB for cheap. You don't have another road? I don't have another road yet. Why bother anyway? It's not like we have Let's talk about the section. Sure, sure. What did you like? in 
here. You know, it mentions uh, systems, games, couple what they liked about the game modes, that kind of thing. Did anything jump out to you? The in only here? thing that jumped out to me was the thing that I said I didn't like, and that was their list of like coolest games ever, and it was this game from like the last two to three years. Yeah. Yes, those came out here. They didn't, I don't know, I'm not saying, you know, put Final Bout on there because it's a super awesome game. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm not saying that, but... And it is a DBZ game. On the back of the case in the Japanese release, it's got the DBZ and the DBGT logos on it. Uh-huh. So I stand by that it's also a DBZ game. Yeah, it's got It was actually the called Dragon designs. Ball Final Bout in Japan, not Dragon Ball GT Final Bout. There were no screen caps from any of the um, 2D fighters, I don't think. The only uh, screenshots other than the Budokai and... Uh, Sparking games is Harukanoru Densets. And really, is, is that one of the greatest DBZ games? I thought games that was a, I call bullshit on that. Yeah. Not that I've played it, so I'm hypocritical right I mean, there. It's not a bad game. I enjoy it. It seems like most fanboys really despise it. But it's, hey, this just came out. Maybe you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Anything anyway. else in this section? I mean, yeah, it's, it's more seemed... ads for what's coming up Budokai Tenkaichi 3. Like part history, part selling you something. Yeah, exactly. They mentioned something here. With Tenkaichi 3 covering the Wii and PS2 this year, the question is, what about the PS3 and Xbox 360? As of press time, Atari had not revealed its exact Dragon Ball game plan for those systems, but as certain as Goku begat Gohan, those systems are going to get their DBZ on. Popular and natural call is that Budokai Tenkaichi 3 is the game, a no-brainer on Atari's part. Whatever. The next page we really enjoyed. Stand by for action. It's a little thing about action figures. And I'm a fan of action figures. They even have pictures from the old Dragon multi-mystic release figures. Immediately we noticed Sword Swing and Yamcha and Staff Slashing Goku. We've talked about these in the past. We showed a commercial for this at Otakon and we, oh, I put this commercial up on YouTube. Yes. If you check out our YouTube profile, which is just DaiZX, you can see the commercial for these figures. Uh-huh. My favorite thing on this page was the trunks bust for obvious reasons, yeah. but the little word balloon coming out ah. of them said Chala head chala with the head being bold because you know head right. bust yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a pun but they also reference like the japanese version like, of the that's anime something for us like in this article of promotions and a little bit of false information here and there here's this like little reference to the original i was like oh that makes right. you smile and that's pretty much it yep so, so they cover uh, a lot of ground between the manga information a little bit of anime pictures the action figures the video games the only thing they didn't really do is music but that's never been a huge thing here no definitely not but i thought it was neat nonetheless our conclusion seems to be that this is a prelude to we're going to start putting out these three-in-one volumes let's start reminding people about dragon Ball and how again. awesome it is right but that's okay Which it is right we wouldn't be doing this show if it wasn't awesome <laughs> closing thoughts on dragon ball collector nekomajin i think i would have liked to have seen a bit more quality control it's mm-hmm. completely inconsistent it, it definitely screams we had another firm or another person doing you know the, the dragon ball collector from this point onwards because we're suddenly you know doing a shift right. in naming conventions overall i think it was it was pretty good i it's slightly above you know beckett magazine quality but oh totally like it wasn't you know totally shoddy images and all that stuff it, it was fine production values but the content could be a bit more consistent and i would have liked to have seen a little bit less of the uh forced advertisement right propaganda, propaganda. I, I call the whole thing propaganda but you know what something's what, good what, something's bad i mean it kind of can't be helped i mean no. if the stuff is out there right like you kind of have to mention it, and it's new, so... I mean, we do the same thing. Yeah. So, that's all I got. That's all you got. Uh, what are your thoughts? I don't know. Propaganda. 
Okay. That, that's like the only thing I can use to describe it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I, I was happy to pay. I forgot to tell this story. You know where I found this issue? Uh, the video game store? 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. That's right. <laughs> I went to get coffee one day. I, I don't subscribe to Shonen Jump anymore for various obvious reasons. I couldn't find it on store shelves. I went to get coffee at 7-Eleven. I'm like, hmm, let me check the magazine. Sure enough, that's where I found Shonen Jump. Thank you, 7-Eleven, for your coffee and Shonen Jump supplying to Mike. That wraps up the topic. So I guess we're going to take it on over to releases for the rest of September. Oh, there's still a lot of stuff in September. We've mentioned this in the past, so we are going to cruise through these. Mary, September 18th, what do we got from Funimation? Got a busy, busy uh, September 18th. We've got Season 3 of the Dragon Ball Z Remastered box set. Uh, you know, is your pretty standard stuff. It's about $50 a pop, but you can find it cheaper, uh, you know, than this if you do a little bit of research. 33 episodes. It covers the entire Goku Frieza arc fight, rather, and it is episode 75 through 107. You can find this at zstore.com and amazon.com. Also on September 18th in Spain, or I'm sorry, not in Spain. You can find him here, actually. You don't need to travel to Spain. And it's Mexican anyways. Sorry about that. Wow, we should really fix that. Yeah. Well, can- it's in Spanish. I guess. Cancel those airplane tickets. You can buy these Spanish volumes of Dragon <laughs> Ball Z. These are volumes three and four. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce them. Super Bibincia and Gohan and Saya. And Saya. For 12 bucks. I'm sorry, 13 bucks retail. And the sticker on these things on Z store says, hurry, only 500 left. Sure. I'll be like, hurry, only 499 left. left. So anyway, that's September 18th. Still says, hurry, only 500. Two weeks later, it still says, only 500 left. So yeah, you people are right in not buying these, because why? So, Mike, tell us about September 19th. September 19th, we've got five CDs over in Japan. We've got Kodotan Pack Dragon Ball Best. We've got Kodotan Pack Dragon Ball Z Best. Those are those short, EP-esque, six-track releases, best kind of songs. They are 15, 75 yen a pop. That's about 12.85 over on CD Japan. So if you're looking for, like, the opening ending themes and a couple good, uh, like, movie themes kind of thing, pick them up. Good stuff. Then we've got three re-re-releases coming out. We've got Dragon Ball Z Ongakushu Vol. Volume 1, we've got Dragon Ball Z Ongakushu Volume 2, and we've got Dragon Ball Ongakushu. The first of those three is uh, background music from the first seven DBZ movies, and it's most notable for its dun-dun-dun. Dun, dun, dun. For movie three, you definitely want to pick that up. Uh, Ongakushu Volume 2, that's basically the movie 8 soundtrack. And then that Dragon Ball one, it's early Dragon Ball background music. Originally released on a record, re-released a CD like a year or two ago. Apparently did well coming out again. Those are all 1260 yen a pop, which is just under 11 bucks. CD Japan, Play Asia, wherever you want to get those. So Mary, really over in Spain now on yes, September 26th. Yes, get those plane tickets. <laughs> you need to go to Spain to get this DVD. It's a two-disc set for... Uh, the remastered Dragon Ball Z series. Yeah. Volume 14 this is. And it's the Garlic Jr. Saga. This is 24.95 euros and you can find more information at ZonaDVD.com. Sorry, totally Americanizing it today. <laughs> no, that's quite okay. And then the last thing we're going to mention, of course, October 4th, you know, we'll take it into October very briefly. Sparking Meteor Day, Japanese Wii and PS2, and we'll of course be talking about it, reviewing it, and all that shiz. Let's take it over to the emails. <laughs> Mary, would you prefer to read about animation or kitties? Mm, kitties. Okay, so I'll read the first email. Sure. You can read the second one, even okay. though it's long. All right, Sorry. first email from Ricky. Hey, Mike, Mary, and Julian. My name is Ricky Sharma. I live in Toronto, Canada. Now I know how to find you, Ricky. What is your exact Ricky? address? What is your phone number? And 
do Canadians have social security numbers? They probably have something similar to that. Let's track them down. Okay. Steal his shit. I love your podcast. All right, now I'm not going to beat you up or anything. I have a question for you guys. If there was going to be a new Dragon Ball movie or OVA, do you think the animation would look like the original Budokai video game intros? I would love to see DBZ animated like that. Thanks for all your hard work, Mary. Yes. Yes. Yes, in you a heartbeat. I thought it was pretty sexy. I not only this isn't wishful thinking. I think if anything new were to be animated, it would look like this. Probably. I Just mean, due that to the was people really responsible for that. High budget. Yeah. So it might not have all those frames of animation, but, but the character design style. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's current Toei style, so Whatever. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it. I, I still want to see something. More than just that Ippon Taisho, whatever that video was. I forget the Japanese title for it with uh, the Goku cameo. I want something really new, you know? Just give me something. Just give me like, Nekomajin OVA, please. Just something to look at. It doesn't even have to be a good story. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to look at it. Mary, why don't you read the next email from Alex? Alrighty. Alex writes, Hello, Mike, Mary, Julian, and whoever happens to be tagging along for the show. Wow, we get that a lot in a lot of these emails. <laughs> I thought I I would inform you of something that is quite amusing to me. I recently acquired a new kitten. It's a very cute little demon, if I might say. Also, I should probably say that I've been listening to the podcast for a while, but never really started listening to it a lot until recently. Not that it's a slight against you guys, it's just up until recently I've been a very busy person. Well, it's been a few weeks since I've gotten this cat, and I couldn't get her to sit still and let me pet her. About two days after she came to me, I decided, hey, I finally feel like surfing the internet as I listened to soothing conversation about one of my favorite series, Dragon Ball. Need Needless to say, about five minutes into the show, she jumps into my lap and starts purring and letting me pet her. Kind of thought it was funny at the time, but I didn't put much thought into it, as I just kind of figured it was a one-time thing. Anyways, the next day I tried and tried to get her to do it again, but she kept jumping down, so I gave up. I know that feeling, actually. (laughs) Very much so. I was in the mood to listen to another episode of the podcast, and lo and behold, she jumps into my lap and falls asleep. And ever since then, she'll only get into my lap to listen to the show with me. I don't know how you guys do it, but I guess I should thank you, maybe. I'm not exactly too sure what to say. I just thought you guys might get a kick out of it. Thanks to the show and keep up all the good work. Daisenshu EX, putting kitties to sleep since 2007. Six? Five? Well, it's seven now. Yeah. I, we only just started putting cats to sleep. <laughs> Make it sound like we're killing cats. <laughs> it took me two years to perfect the process. We kill cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we actually lock our kitties in the bedroom when we record the show now. As I was listening to an earlier episode, that was before I realized I should take the bells off of them. And then even when I did that, they started running around. So that's why we throw them in the bedroom. They like it. I am I glad to hear that we put your cat to sleep. We lure them to sleep like a and, bed. And she lets you pet her. And that's so cute. I want pictures. Yeah, you have to send us a picture of your cat. Sleeping. I don't know how you could take a picture of the cat, you know, on you. you well, know, hold, a hold your camera nearby listen to the show and then when she's sitting hold there hold your take, camera by your crotch take a picture of your crotch with your cat on it exactly that's what you have to do for us take a picture of a pussy on your crotch wow Mary <laughs> sorry that's quite okay I expect that from you now <laughs> so that's gonna wrap up the emails if you have anything to say to us add us with us wherever you got we take your text emails we take your audio emails if you want to record an mp3 and send it along Mary where do you send this stuff you can send it over to podcast at dizx.com that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t at dizex, D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Good. You did that perfectly. Yeah. You see, I pay attention to you. I don't think you're asking for, you know, the site address. <laughs> I know you're asking for an email address, Julian. 
<laughs> Jeff. I love it. Boogeyman. Boogeyman? I don't know. That's going to wrap up episode, what is it, 94 of the podcast? Yes, sir. We are coming up on the true triple digits, and I know what we're going to do for episode 100 now. Finally. I'm not going to tell anyone. But, but thank you for your emails suggesting ideas. Yes. In fact, if you have anything else you want to suggest, definitely still send stuff in. I want to know what you're looking for in a 100th episode from Dyson Should We X. So let's uh, wrap up this little concoction here, Mary. I got to edit the show tonight because I got stuff to do, like Iron Editor practicing and stuff this weekend. I got to get back to Dead Rising. Uh, I got to beat more people in Puzzle Fighter online. Yeah, that's real important. <laughs> it, it is really important. For great justice, I must destroy in Puzzle Fighter. So let's say goodbye to you. Okay. You're from Temple O' Trunks, and it's a website, and you can find it at. You can find Temple O' Trunks at www.templeotrunks.com. That's it. And you got the Trunks Cola picture. Where was that again? All right. You can find uh, Trunks Cola and other absurd Trunks products in the section on my site in the humor subsection called Operators Are Standing By. What's this Trunks t Oh, it's an actual Trunks t-shirt. Yeah. I thought it was like a sports team or something. No, it, it's meant to look like a sports team. I think it's like a, a hockey jersey type thing. Gotcha. There's like gummy trunks. I was going to say, is that a gummy thing? There's you like get some really neat stuff here. I mean, there's figures and all that kind of stuff. Like plushies and patches and the clock I used to have and sold, I, I think. I remember that. Oh, and chibi trunks with the bazooka. Do you remember those figures? <laughs> the Dragon Ball figures that came with guns and weapons and stuff? It's like, why does Krillin have... Why is he packing heat? I, I, I don't that. get it. He's gangster. awesome. Fantastic. So check that out. You are Mary, your temple of trunks, and operators are standing by. So that your leaves donations. Julian and myself. Julian's over there teaching in Japan. We're looking forward to Staying actually... Out of trouble. We hope. <laughs> actually having him on the show in a, a normal fashion as the third co-host per the norm. So Julian will talk to you soon. Julian and myself can be found at DaiZenshuiX. It's what you're listening to right now. www.daizex.com. Next week, we're going to be in Atlanta for AWA. If you're going to be there, come to our panel. Please say hello. Please come up and introduce yourself. We would love to meet you and talk to you. And I think that's going to be it. So, for Mary and for Julian and for AWA, I am Mike Liberty, Vegito EX, and I don't want to grow up. I'm a pop punk kid. There's a million songs on radio I can't relate with. Podcast. <laughs>